Yeah, what if it's some kind of monster? Hey, what's up? I'm Todd. Oh, French vanilla, rocky road, chocolate peanut butter cookie dough. Ooh. Mm, Jim is here. Ooh. Jim is here. That's right. It's every playlist tells a story. Uh, Jimmy kicking in with the tag team. Love that commercial. Nice. <laughs> Might be my favorite Geico. There's some I, I damn do, good Geico commercials. I do commercials. like it. I like the fact that the husband is like standing there in shock for a moment. Yeah, and like then when they get to the on. scoops, he's right in it. I mean, he's right on top yeah, of it. Yeah, you know what? I can't miss this opportunity. And the Dodgers just like, whatever. Yeah, this is yeah the kids had it. Hey, guess what? If you haven't noticed, we got our uh, equipment woes, hopefully, situated here. New box came in. We're back to regular microphones instead of sharing a mic, sitting side by side lovingly, recording the podcast, trying to lean into one microphone. Yeah, it's no longer in the can. In the can, we got our own mics acting like real pros now. That's right. That's right. This is fantastic. Yep. Good stuff. Nothing more uncomfortable than this big, giant microphone right close to your mouth. That's right. Good good stuff. Hey, man, it's been a couple of weeks since we have gotten together. Uh, I'm sure you've noticed. Two quick pick sixes in a row. Wasn't my intention, but just it's it's been a whirlwind, Jimmy. What's been happening, Todd? Well, let's see. For the last two weeks, I kind of jotted down where I've been, what I've done. So I spent six days in Washington, D.C. I was in Washington, D.C., two blocks from the White House on 9-11. What could be safer? That was very disconcerting. And then the morning that I was flying out, uh, was the day that they caught that guy outside the Capitol in some truck with no license plate with the machete in his truck and and a hockey mask? I don't know if he had a hockey mask, but he was you know had Nazi insignias all over the car. So I was at the airport just going, just get me on a plane and get me out of here. That is a that town is rich in culture. Yes, it is. It's what and what I found most interesting is like I said, I went in there before nine eleven, and there was this gigantic spotlight by the Pentagon and every Uber driver I had, I said, Hey man, what's that light about? Because I suspected it was an, you know, a nine 11 kind of memorial type crashed. Of and I bet I went through six people answering, you know what? I don't know. That's usually not there before somebody went. Oh, I think that's something with nine 11. I was like, yep. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, it's easily forgotten him. I guess so, but... Uh, All so, young guys, though, I'm assuming. No, wide range of ages. Really? Yes, yeah. Hmm. Uh, so, so much action in D.C. That's, I guess. That's yeah. just another damn Tuesday for them. Right, I was, but I was ready to get out. I'm not a big city hustle and bustle guy. I can tell by where you live. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I dan- you know, a bat, I, I nicked a bat on yeah. the way out here. Right on. You sure um, it was a bat? Could it have been Mothman? Well, let me start from when I was in the, your Metro Chandler, Indiana here. Right. I stopped off at Huck's because my um, Casey's did not have my A&W Zero Sugar Root Beer, which has become tradition now. Right. So I went to the Huck's and, and, and were they Greater op- Chandler. Were, were they open? They were open. Okay. Uh, pulled up next to a, I'm going to say a, like an old three full-size Chevy SUV where it was missing the front. Uh, bumper. Yeah. It was completely ripped off. And on the quarter panel, it says, <clears throat> I hate you, but I think I'm starting to like you. You're a dickhead was r- written on the quarter panel. Yes. Like in the uh, shoe that's, polish, maybe. That's love. I hope. 
That's that's blossoming love right there. And I followed a side by side on the way out here. Yeah. I nicked a bat. Oh, you followed a side by side on yeah here in yeah nine nine o'clock at night. Side side by side yeah. city here. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, and a bat swooped down. I nicked it. Wow. You know, with my window. Okay. And I uh, a deer ran across the road. And you get okay. <clears> so you got the full spectrum. Did you see any wild turkey? Uh, no, that's but wild turkeys trifecta. are hard to spot in the dark. That's a trifecta. That's a trifecta. Yeah. No, I haven't seen the turkeys yet, but they're mm. usually they're morning creatures anyway. Uh, yeah, there's certain parts of the year. It seems like spring I see them out during the afternoon a lot. Yeah, they're not really um, what you call... Um, nocturnal. Nocturnal, exactly. Right. Right. As far as I can see. Right. right. So... Yeah, uh, it's, you talk about rich in culture. Yes. This, is this neighborhood you live in. That's right. So after my six days in uh, D.C., I whisked away to beautiful Lincoln, Nebraska, and Oklahoma City, did a couple of dates with uh, the group Alabama. Now, did they play inside the football stadium, or where did they play? No, uh, just a couple of arenas. You okay. Know, it wasn't got... anything huge. I mean, it was, you know, arena-sized stuff. You know? How many seaters? I, to be honest, I don't. How many tickets drop? I don't even, I don't even pay attention to that. I plug my numbers in at the end of the night, and then I move on. I don't oh. retain any of it. Oh, I mean, okay. everything's sold well. I mean, these, about are, 5, all, these are all rescheduled shows. I mean, good crowds. Everybody's into it. You know, it's 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 interesting to me because it's a concert and we really don't do, we do bike rack in front of the stage, but we don't do barricade or anything. But it's just an older crowd. Well, it's so, Alabama. Yeah, nobody's nobody's rushing the stage. So, yeah. uh, But had Marshall Tucker Band open in for him. Can't you see? Got two, yeah, who's two left? Nights of Can't you see? I don't even... I think there's a the guitar player, maybe. I ended up talking to to one guy one night that it turns out the tour manager for them is somebody I'd known from years ago. So it was nice seeing him and catching up with him. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, they're just still out there doing it and rocking it. And people still love it. They sit, they sound good. So. They're just, they're like foreigner. You don't really know. Right. I mean, unless you own the albums right. and read the credits, yeah. you don't know who they are. Yeah. If you're in a fan club. Yep. Right. Yeah. Yep. It's so. Yeah. That'd be interesting to find out. So got to come home a couple of days after uh, the old Alabama shows with Marshall Tucker Band. Then I whisked away to Bismarck, North Dakota. Saw some old friends on the making up some Justin Moore, Tracy Lawrence dates. So went wow, out in the middle of North Dakota, Bismarck, right North Dakota, baby. I drove through there many times yeah, in my younger a, days. It's uh, I uh, I stayed at a hotel. It was a Radisson. It was like a block and a half away from the arena. And I stayed there on purpose just so I could walk over to the building in the morning. And uh, I was outside at night, and there was some dude who'd had way too much to drink and started like coming towards me while I was out having a cigarette. And he was just like, man, I don't know your name. And I'm like, man, I don't want none. And he kept like coming at me. And it was like I had to do that big kind of like circle to get around him to get in the doors. And I was like, man, I'm fucking die here in Bismarck. Awesome. God, so I I got away from that dude. So how'd you manage? I just, I mean, he was a, I mean, he was hammered. So there was no getting caught up to me, and I could just, you know, I've I've learned over the years I trust no one. Everybody's got ill will towards me as they're approaching me. So or that's how I just that's how I approach it. That's what you assume. Yeah, that's just my assumption. So I was just like, dude, I'm getting out of here, getting inside. Well, there's nothing good going to come out of somebody that's hammered. I mean, no, yeah, approaching me, yeah, wanting to know what my name is. That never ends well. So so I did that, and then I flew from Bismarck to Dayton, Ohio. Man, you're just hitting all the greatest cities. Oh, yeah, and, and my flight pattern was wonderful. I left Bismarck, flew to Dallas, flew from <laughs> Dallas to Chicago, 
Oh, jeez. And then Chicago to Dayton. So I, I went east, but I zigzagged my way over there. It was brutal. I left at, I think, one. Is that east to Dallas? I mean, that's almost a straight shot down, right? Well, I working my way over to Dayton. Yeah. Yeah, but I went down to Dallas and had to go up to Chicago. Who's booking your airline? It's man, it's it's so crazy right now. I'm just taking whatever flights I can get to try to get from point A to point B, and it just I mean, there's evidently no great flights out of Bismarck. Nothing direct to Dayton anyway. Couldn't Uber to Fargo and weigh your options there. Oh goodness, I just I, at the I'm I'm living on the holy shit. I'm supposed to be somewhere in four days. I haven't booked a flight or a hotel room yet. Right. And then scramble. I'm I'm living three days okay, ahead of time, so, so whatever. It's my own fault. Normally, you know, normally I'll research flying out of Evansville, flying out of Nashville, flying out of St. Louis, and you know, look for what works. But I just, it's been so busy, I haven't had the time. So went over to the Nutter Center in Dayton, where I did another Alabama date. But mm-hmm. uh, it was fun for me because I actually saw Guns and Roses and Soundgarden at that facility in '91. Okay, I was going to say it had to have been a while ago. Yeah. Yep, so it's kind of nice walking in there, and uh, even better yet, had a had a surprise opening act on that for Alabama that night, Exile. I want to kiss you all over. Oh, Exile. yeah, Exile. Yeah, still out there doing it, man. Wow. Yes. And again, don't know how many of the original members they are, but couldn't those guys couldn't have been nicer. It's a great, and just to hear Kiss You All Over live was wonderful. You don't get that every no. day. No, I mean, yeah, exactly. I'm, I am truly blessed. And then uh, finished up my last bit of travels before I came home this week to uh, went to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, another night of Alabama, and had a guy, kid named Jackson Caps, I think his name was, but it was cool because he had that holy shit, I can't, bl- I mean, this was like his first arena, I think he's been playing bars or something. Local guy? I think he's out of Nashville, drove his F-150 up, had his band, and it was just kind of somebody... His manager knew somebody or something, so it was kind of, hey, we need somebody. Let's put this kid on it. Uh, it was cool talking to him because he was just—he just had that, holy shit! I can't believe this is happening. I'm opening for Alabama. Greatest moment so I mean, far. Huh? He probably played ten songs, and I bet eight of them were covers. Okay, you know, it right. was, you know, it, that's that kind of deal. But it was cool talking to him. As in, you know, it was Pittsburgh was fun. We play. We the that's it was a the, great town. The PPG. Paints Arena, I guess, where the Penguins play. Oh, yeah. Downtown, so, yeah. Yeah, so that was pretty cool. Had a runner there that night. Her name was Maddie, and uh, she was awesome. She was a, a college student, mm-hmm. and I spent, you know, whenever I kind of interacted with her and we had time to kind of have discussions, she is involved in a program at the school there, and I can't remember what the name of the school is. Um, no, it's not Pitt. <laughs> but she's involved in a program. They've got a record label at this university. And she's involved in the record label and they, you know, if you're an artist in Pittsburgh and you're interested or you're an artist at this university, you can go to this record label and it's like, you know, they do internships. And I mean, it's a whole music program that I thought I was fascinated by it. And I mean, it's just, you know, all genres of music and just kind of starting from, you know, they book shows and they do the marketing and they, they've got some deal with the recording studio nearby. And I mean, it's just like, if you're an artist and you know, do they, do they control a radio station? I don't know. I don't know. If, we didn't really talk about radio too much because when she first started talking about it, that's what I thought it was. I thought it was a radio station. And she said, no, we are a record label. We, you know, artists come in and we do everything a regular record label will do. It's called so, Pi- Pioneer Records. Pioneer Records. Yeah. You got, you got to plug Pioneer Records. Yep. And yeah. so it was, uh, it was really cool talking to her all day because it was like, 
it just I was fascinated by that whole there is a college program to run a record label. And just I don't know. It was well, you can't lose money if you got tuition, right? That I guess, yeah. But she was she was pretty cool. I enjoyed talking to her. Um, you know, usually I meet a lot of great people on the road, and and but yeah, I was really fascinated with just conversation with her. And it was like every time I had five minutes or whatever, she'd go on a run and come back and come into the office and check around see if anybody needed anything. And I was like, all right, so tell me about this. How do y'all do this? And you know, just kind of picking her brain on how they do it. It was, it was really neat. I was I was really fascinated by it. So it's really. So you're talking uh, recording questions. Well, not just not not the not the nuts and bolts of recording, but just. Explain to me what you do as a record label at a university. That's part of the curriculum, kind of thing. So yeah, yeah it was just neat. It was neat. So if you get a chance, check them out. I don't. I've I've not had a chance to dive into to who their artists are. I've started following them on the socials and stuff, but just it's been too busy to to really dive into awful much. It's just too busy. Yep, craziness. And that has been my last two weeks. And you're not done. And I'm not done. No, it's I, I keep on keeping on. It's it's getting ready to keep on some more. So when's this going to end for you? Oh gosh, 20, 2024 maybe. I don't I don't have any. idea. So you're gone every weekend. I have no idea. No, I I'm here. It's weird. I I'm looking at my schedule in like a week to two weeks at a time, trying to just not get too far ahead of myself, trying to stay up with what I'm working on. I've got a, I've got a show Saturday. This is what Tuesday. Yeah, this is Tuesday night, so I've got a show Saturday that I'm still trying to find. I, you know, I'm hoping this guy calls me tomorrow morning before I get on a plane because I've got ten questions I need answers for. And it's Foxworthy. No, no, this is a podcast I'm doing somewhere in Nebraska Saturday night. Foxworthy on Thursday's done. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Gotcha. I go do Foxworthy Thursday in Alabama, and then, which by the way, that dude couldn't be cooler. I mean, just which one? Foxworthy. Just the nicest guy in the world. Just well, very, making money. Well, making money, and I mean, just doesn't take. It's it's not the whole. I mean, I've got a thing where I go around and put post-it notes up to kind of give direction to things. So, like wherever a dressing room is, I'll put a post-it note up and I'll scribble a note on there. You know, Jeff Arksworthy dressing room or whatever. If there's a support act, I'll put a note up on their room and write their name on it. You know, I'll put a note up at the at the stage door, kind of telling them which way to go, just leaving little breadcrumbs. And it's something I've always done, but. <clears throat> one of the shows it was Lincoln, Nebraska, I think, he came in and he walked up to the room and he saw he saw the post-it note and he just kinda laughed. He's like, You know you made it. You know you made it when your name's on a post-it note. <laughs> and uh so I made sure I kept the post-it note and the next night in the next city I, I put the post-it note back up there just so he had consistency. Can, yeah, I can yep. it wasn't just a fluke. Yeah, right, exactly. But no, just lots of great people out there. I really I really enjoy working with the people I work with. It's just it's just a lot right now. It's just nonstop. I'm, I'm used to a little bit of breathing space and it's, you know, everybody else in the department is, is crazy busy too. So just lots of shows going on right is there. Is that unusual for you guys? It's, it's, when even it's, when it was busy well, it's a little COVID? unusual. I mean, I think during COVID my company bought a bunch of dates, bought a bunch of tours, bought a bunch of shows. So we've got all this new traffic plus like the Justin Moore thing. It's a postponement. Some of these Alabama dates are postponements. Okay. From so last it's a lot year. of makeup. So it's just a big <clears throat> hodgepodge of trying to get everything made up that needed to be made up, plus put stuff out that for the people that are wanting to get out and do shows. So it's a little unusual. It's a little it's yeah, I mean if if this is a ten, what we're at now, 
I would say the norm is maybe a seven. Okay. So, so yeah, it's, I mean, it's definitely amped up and we're just, just cruising around doing the best we can. So, but yeah. enough about my crazy, what's going on with my work. Well, oh, we're blowing through all those canceled events too. Yeah. I mean, the, you know, the, we were supposed to have Lauren Daigle the day after the state shut down. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just had her last weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting that there was about a 75% show on the paid tickets. That's what's, it's, what's interesting on, not necessarily these last shows I did, but just kind of across the board, what I'm seeing, it seems like there's a 70% return. And I don't know. It's, it, I, I've, I suspect that there's a portion of people that forgot they had tickets or forgot the new date. Oh, absolutely. I suspect there's a portion of people that are concerned about going to something. But should have got a refund. But should have got a refund, right. Um, but yes, it's that 70 to 75% return seems to be the magic number kind of across all genres across the board. Yeah, you're not the only one It's weird. That. Yeah, so it's kind of bizarre that that's the number, but that seems to be it. Uh, and then the only other thing, I, I got two more quick things. 50-year-old records, September 24th, 1971, T-Rex, Electric Warrior. His big move away from folk rock and toward the glam rock sound and look contains that bang a gong. Get it on. Get it on. Yeah. It's a great song. Uh, Mambo Sun is on that one. Yeah. I, I had that cassette. I played that quite that's a, a bit. That's a good record, man. Yeah. It's a it's solid good, record. Yeah, it's very solid. I, I always love playing it. We, we had a guest, uh, I don't know, it's probably been a couple of months now, Butch, when yeah. the guy that played guitar yep. during the entire podcast. He, I love playing that for him because it just annoys him like no other. Oh, he didn't care for it. Well, he's, uh, you know, he comes from the Hendrix, right. the heavy guitar, bluesy, ACDC. Right. And T-Rex is not that at no, all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would put it on just to watch him squirm because uh. it's just like, you know, the guitars are just so simple. Oh, yeah. It's all about melody and, yep. you know, and not really harmony. It's, it's more not melodic. It's not technical yeah. at all. Yep. And it's a little hippie-ish, a little too... It's a little too light for him. Gotcha. But I think those songs on that album are great. It's a great record, absolutely. Uh, last thing I got, we're slowly creeping into scary movie season, which excites me. Once, yeah, uh, October 1st. We're in October. Come, yeah, by the yeah. time this airs, it'll be October. What have you um, watched so far for the I season? Have, uh, today I watched Ouija movie. Now, what? is that the first Ouija yes. or the Origins of Evil? No, this was the first one. And See, the Origins of Evil, I think, is a lot better. Yeah. It's one of those I just put it on while I was doing stuff. Okay. I didn't really sit and pay attention. And then uh, maybe a week. That one's a little more teen. It seemed like, scarier. yeah, from what I was yeah. glancing at it, it seemed like it was. Origins of Evil, a little more okay. like, um, you know, uh, Insidious kind of on that right. level. Right, the Insidious you know? movies are good. I yeah. like those. The James Wan movies. Yep. Um, I watched Halloween the other night going to bed. It was the Rob Zombie one. Put that on to go to sleep, too. Yeah, I seen that once, and it just it just seemed like a the running theme with him, like everything's Manson family yeah. style. Yeah, you know, home. Let's just push it. Yeah, you know, I mean, instead of just getting Kentucky Fried Chicken, they're pouring blood on top of the chicken. Yep. You know, yep. I I could be wrong. It but he always seems to have the same kind of. Well, he always has his wife. Right. Sherry, Sherry Moons and all of them. And um, he always had, oh, God, who's the other actor? Um, oh, what was his? Nah, he's, I mean, he's in all is the it movies, Sid too. Sid something? 
Sid Sid Hog H A U G H A. Oh, I can't say the old man because um, you know he's dead now. Um, right. Oh Jesus, that's going to escape me. Keep going. I I got nothing else. You got nothing else. Oh my God, dude! I'm thinking. I'm trying to think his damn name. I got it written down here somewhere. I was doing some. I was thinking about it myself. Uh, Jeff Daniel Phillips. Jeff Daniel Phillips. Yeah, he's he was uh, he's in every Rob Zombie movie that I've seen. All right, but I mean, he doesn't seem to break away from his comfort zone, right? Of actors, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Now we'll get into that a little bit because the topic I got is uh, appropriate for it. Oh, very good. Yeah. What do you got, Jimmy? Oh, I was trying to think of something trivial. Um, and I pulled up, I saw a fan poll of the top five most, top five favorite double albums right. of all time. Okay. Double what, albums. Double albums. Right. Yeah. So I wanted to see if you can guess any of these top five. And top five double albums of all time. Yeah, I think you could probably... I, I got faith you can get at least three of them. I'm going to open with Frampton Comes Alive. Is that a double album? Well, these are studio albums. I'm talking oh, studio. studio albums. Oh, okay. yeah. So I'm going to go Pink Floyd The Wall. That's number one. Really? Right on. Yep. Uh, I'm going to go, even though it's not a true double album in the traditional sense. It's got to be double album. But they can't, does it count if they can't? I mean, use your illusion one and two, it's Guns number, and Roses. Number five. Yeah, I mean, that, it was two separate records. That was more marketing. Records. That was a marketing. That, like, yeah. if you're going to buy, you buy one, one or buy two. Or you everybody buy bought both. both of them. You know, well, sure, yeah. That yeah. They just they were cashing in on yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. That's why I didn't buy it. Oh, taking a stand. I took a stand. Okay. I, I had my moments with records that I say, no, this is not right. Right. And that was one of them. Okay. Like when ACDC sold... The Black Ice album, but you could only buy it at Walmart. Right. I was like, no. Didn't care for it. No, I was like, that's wrong. That should be, give I should the, be able to go to my local to record store and buy my ACDC like I always do. That's right. Go to Cats don't or Don't tell wherever. me where I can go. I don't, you know, I don't go to Walmart. So guess what? Has nothing to do with the guess what? terrible songs on that record. I, I can't judge that album. I really can't. I okay. mean, I, I love Runaway Train. Okay. That's a great song. Right. But I... I didn't hear the rest of them because I don't think they had another single off that album. Right. But I would have listened to it if mm-hmm. I could have gone somewhere. If you could have gone and purchased it. But any, the principle any, of the matter. Yeah, okay. Good on you. You can't strong arm right. you know, your fans like that. That's just, that's, I blame Sony Records more than anything because that was the first album with that. Yeah, first they, on that label. On that label. Yeah. yeah if it if it stayed at Atlantic. It, I'm, I'm sure money was involved at some point. <sighs> at Walmart money isn't that awful that they boy, think oh well all acdc fans are they obviously shop at walmart so what's the big deal right no they don't we're all not you know walmart people jimmy getting hot <laughs> jimmy coming in hot. that was about too famous but yeah you're right so far so you all got right, number so, one so and pink floyd five. guns and roses double yep. albums man yeah, three a, left you got one more to make I'm me happy drawing a blank uh uh b- 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 physical graffiti led up number two todd you're on nice. the roll man nice you got one, two, and five. Now, okay. the other ones, you got to think uh, 90s. Oh. And you got to think, you know, Angry Dark. Angry Dark 90s, double album. One was a follow-up to probably the their best album, and one was probably their oh, most popular. Oh, uh, Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah. The Oh, shit. What was it called? Infinite Sadness, something in the Number three. Sadness. Number okay. three, you got one left. God dang. And this is one that I would think, you, this is one I thought you might guess. Um, 
I don't think Prince has got a double album. No, this one came out in, you know, what was the year on this one? This is 99. 99? It was five five years after their Masterpiece album that you've covered on one of our episodes. Oh, God. Hmm. I have no I have no clue. I'm either going to need another uh, hint or... You are the perfect drug. Oh, Nine Inch Nails. You all right? Yeah. You named the... Uh, double record Nine Inch Nails. Oh, I don't know. The Fragile. Fragile's a double record? That's what they're saying. I don't remember that. I mean, it, it could very well be, but I just don't remember being a double record. Hey, you got four or five, okay. so that's fantastic. I feel pretty good about it. Uh, yeah, I'm very proud of you. All right. Pink Floyd. Number one. Number two was Led Zeppelin. Yep, and Physical Graffiti. Right. Number three was... Smashing Pumpkins. Pumpkins. Melancholy. And four the was Nine Inch Nails. Five yeah. was... Uh, yeah, Fampo. There you go. Top five double albums of all hmm. of all time at this time. Right. It's a popularity vote. So. Oh, I did see an article and I've not I've saved it. But I guess Rolling Stones updated their five hundred songs of all time list. As um, of recently. Got more current I guess hip hop. So, yeah. I, I guess. I've I've I saw the article, I bookmarked it, said I'll go back to it when I get a chance, and I've just not done it yet. But I thought that was interesting that it, I think it said after seventeen years they've updated their list well salt and pepper push it got pushed out i hope not because the top 100 strong come on salt and pepper. top five it should be in the top 500 but somebody had to be pushed out if, if it's not in. i'm writing a strongly worded letter to i, I like to know who song. left i like to know who got pushed out yeah it would, it would i would like to see that yeah, yeah. all right what else you got Anything? that's you know there's a lot of this stuff i mean like um well it's september 28th the uh, day of recording i, I saw the remaining members of Pantera talked about their gig in uh, Russia in 91, 40-year anniversary. Okay. It was Pantera, a local band, EST, I think, uh, the Black Crows. Uh, ACDC was the headliner. And somebody else was there. I think maybe Metallica. Might have been Metallica. Okay. But it was huge, like million, a million people. Right, and the old 20, Russian rock fest. Yeah, 20,000 policemen. Or former, you know, USSR KGB, whatever, soldiers. Yeah. yeah, and they just described the day. And they had, they only, they were the, the opening act. They came on at 11 o'clock, played Man, four you songs. You can't beat that 11 o'clock spot, 20, 20 minutes. It was before Cowboys from Hell came out, I think. Wow. Yeah. Or Glam, maybe Glam Rock Pantera. Well, Cowboys of Hell should have been out by then, right? September of 99? 91. Oh, 91. Yeah. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, right, yeah. Right around that time. I think. Uh, I mean, but they were the opening act, four songs. Sure. But they talked about how, you know, you were talking about What's-His-Face in Pittsburgh. Yeah. That was their moment. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, they and they were, they were they weren't saying no to anything. And yeah. They said, well, we could use it in Russia. Well, I, well, yeah, sure, we're going. Right, we're yeah, gonna, yeah. We'll it's, play anywhere, anytime. Yeah, and so, to be told you're playing some big festival with the heavy hitters of rock and roll, I mean, shit, how do you say no? Yeah, so they were talking about that. I thought that was a pretty cool 40-year anniversary yeah. there. Very cool. Yeah, that's it. All right. Well, I'm going to jump into my song here. All right. And uh, we've talked about this band a bunch. I've honestly, quite honestly, I I fully expected you to do this band before I did. But this the song came on, and it's a it's a very non traditional song for the band. It's ACDC's Ride On. Uh, very non traditional. But a great song, and that's but the problem with ACDC. But for me, it's one of it's definitely top five. 
definitely tired. I, I, this song is great. And I've talked to people before that have never even heard this song. Have no oh, idea this song me. even exists. Yeah, I've had conversations. Have you never heard Right On? Dude, we have to listen to it right now. Because it's so out of the norm for an ACDC song. Yeah. I mean, it's just a slow, bluesy, mm, beautiful. Yeah, and very personal. Yes. I mean, you, I mean yep. it's almost like, a, you know, uh, I don't know, like a song like uh, Folsom Prison Blues, right. Johnny Cash. I mean, yep. it's like you think the way Johnny sings that song is like, he he must have really shot somebody in oh, Reno yeah. just to watch him die. Sure, yeah. And Bonds is like, you're just like, that, that's his life. Because it just yeah. sounds so personal. Yes, That's what's great about it. And then, you know, it's this song has kind of become my, I guess I'm going to call it mantra for all my travels lately. And <laughs> not so much of the content of the song, but it's just like when I'm when I'm down and I'm just like, I'm tired and I'm like, what the, what the hell am I doing? I just got to ride on, man. And this this has kind of become my my song for the last month. One of these days. Yeah, I'm going to change my evil ways. That's right. Uh, right on, originally from the Dirty Deeds Done Dirt Cheap record, third album released in 1976 as an Australian release. Dirty Deeds Done Dirt Cheap, not released in the United States until 1981. That's right. More than a year after Bond's death. Yeah, they decided to dust it off after Back in Black was such a huge hit. Right, that- yeah. And wanted to feel, yeah. ride that wave of success. And I do believe uh, this song's also made an appearance on the 1986 Who Made Who ACDC record. Great soundtrack. Which serves as the soundtrack for the Stephen King movie, Maximum Overdrive. And the movie, yeah. You're right. Yeah. The soundtrack is an A+. That's about, uh, just kind of digging into it a little bit, ACDC, Stephen King's favorite band. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, he sought them out for yes, to do the Maximum Overdrive. The movie was uh, his only directorial effort. It was nominated for a Golden Raspberry Award for worst, worst director, being Stephen King, and worst actor, one Emilio Estevez. Yeah, the movie was. I, today, it probably would have been done better, but the '80s were not good to Stephen King. My man, I've got good news for you coming soon. Oh, okay. I'll shut up. Uh, it, w- it Although the movie was a bad movie, it was not as bad as Princes Under the Cherry Moon, which won <laughs> that Golden Raspberry Award. So, uh, uh, And that was for both Oprah. Worst Director and Worst Actor. It's said that uh, Mr. King disowned the film, describing it as a moron movie and considered it a learning experience after which he intended to never direct again. So, wow. Gave it a shot. Realize. Didn't work out. Not mm. doing that again. Uh, saw an article or some mention of in October 2020, Stephen King's son has expressed interest in writing and directing a remake. Steve Jr. Yes. Wow. So I'm excited about that because it's like, it's the movie. I remember watching it a couple of times, get that stupid truck with the Joker face on the front or the gremlin face or whatever you want to call it. Right. And, uh, and I was just talking about the movies, Halloween movies a minute ago. And usually there's some weekend where one of the channels has like a Sunday full of Stephen King stuff. And usually you get, you know, all the greatest hits carries usually on. Cujo's probably in there. Uh, Christine's on. I'm trying to think what else. will be your. Now, there's a lot of awful Stephen King. There's movies. a ton of them. But here's what but I'm there getting There are some at. good ones. I don't know if I have a favorite one, but I'm thinking this year my, my I'm going to try to I'm going to try to go through all the Stephen King movies this year. I think this might be the the year because there's several of them I've I don't I think I've ever seen uh oh, what's the one with Christopher Walken? 
Oh, uh, Dead Zone. Dead Zone. Never That's seen a great it. one. Yeah, great one. never yeah, seen it. That's a good one. Um, so I think this is your. That's I'm a gonna, good wintertime one. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna dig into a list. I think I think this is the year I'm gonna try to just knock out every Stephen King movie, including Maximum Overdrive. My favorite Stephen King movie. Here we go. Is, and I could watch this any time of year. Stand by me. That's a good one. That's a good one. That's a good one. one. But the one I could watch any time of year is Silver Bullet. Oh, Silver Bullet's great. That is just, I just love uh, oh, Gary Busey. Gary Busey, yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. What if it's some kind of monster? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. The, oh, the, moon, the moon wasn't even up. <laughs> He just doubts these kids to the to the end to that wolf. Right. Well, I ain't gonna give it away, but he doubted those kids all along. And Gary Busey is just fantastic. Oh, he's my, the, yeah, he's wonderful. I love him, DC Cab, but he it was just subtle enough. It's, it's sort of like um, if a werewolf invaded Mayberry, right? Because it's not so much Busey, but it's all everybody in the town. Yeah, it just had like a Mayberry feel to right. it, and uh, they're they're having to deal oh. with a werewolf. You know, I'm an idiot. Got favorite Stephen King. Got to be The Shining. Got to be The Shining. Well, the problem with For that, me, the problem with that, is he hates it, the movie Stanley Kubrick because vision. it's more of a Kubrick movie. Yes, I know. It doesn't really follow the book. But this, I, I love the story. If you love The Shining, tell me. Um, there is a great YouTube, and I think I mentioned it last Halloween. Oh, you were talking about it's the is it the the theory of. Wendy's the problem. Wendy is that is in her mental problems. Okay, and and Kubrick plays off of he he subtly in the movie puts in where the like um, when she's hallucinating yeah. what's happening right like he puts in evidence of, of when that's happening. Okay, and it's just brilliant, brilliant um, uh, fan theory. And and speaking of it, we've also talked in the past about that movie Ready Player One. And there's yeah. a great sequence in there that refers to The Shining. Have you seen that yet? No, I've been told to watch it. Oh, you absolutely have to watch it. Okay. It's wonderful. Okay. Uh, all right, so back to Stephen King and ACDC. Stephen King actually convinced the band to let him do the soundtrack. He put the song Ain't No Fun Waiting Around to Be a Millionaire on a record player. Yeah. Sang it to the band word for word to prove how much of a fan he was of them. And that's what got him the gig. I'll be damned. How Never that? knew that. That's How cool. about that? That's pretty yeah. cool shit, man. That's a lot of words to that. Oh, yeah. That's a great one, too. Uh, let's see. Back to Ride On. It is, of course, a song from the Bon Scott years. Not typically ACDC song. We talked about slow blues, almost ballad-like. And for some reason, when I hear the song start in my head, I also go to uh, Night Prowler because it's kind of got that low, that slow, bluesy tempo. tempo to it. Yeah, that's one of the other ones. The song Ride On was covered by a French band called Trust in 1979 after they supported ACDC on tour. Bond actually jammed the song with the band in London on February 13, 1980, six days before his death, at the Scorpion Sound Studios. Hmm. Scorpion Sound Studios is also a place where Queen recorded uh, parts for the Night at the Opera album, including the lead vocals on the Bohemian Rhapsody song. Nice. So, little history there. Yeah. ACDC... According to the internet, ACDC has only ever played this song live one time. I, I can believe that, because it's not a Brian Johnson right. level. Right. In 2001, near Paris, during the Stiff Upper Lip Tour, the band came out after their traditional encore, dressed as football or soccer players wearing soccer jerseys. Yeah. 
um, and played the song. And it wasn't necessarily mentioned as a tribute, but it's said to they have been playing, or they played it as a, a tribute to the memory, memory of John Lee Hooker, who had died the day before. Okay. Okay. I'm going to recommend you do not go to YouTube and watch this video. Because as you stated, this is not a Brian Johnson level song. Yep. I got through the first line of the first verse and was like, nope, I'm done. It's kind of like, it's kind of like why I don't like going to funerals. I don't like seeing how they are now. I like remembering how they were when they were alive. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's kind of, that's kind of how the song is with me. I, I got, he got through the first line of that first verse, and I was like, nope. Got a Riddler. Done. Red light yeah. No, he just, it doesn't have that, that bluesy Bon Scott swagger. And then another interesting fact, which I don't know that it even matters, but I wrote it down. Wikipedia also listed it as one of the few songs that drummer Phil Rudd at the time uses a ride symbol. Didn't, didn't, not a big fan of the ride symbol, I guess. But, uh, the ride symbol? A ride symbol. A ride symbol. Yep, R-I-D-E symbol. I don't know symbol. by name what that is. It's a specific symbol, and I guess he doesn't use it very often, but he does on this song. Okay. Wikipedia found it important to let me know that. Okay. Okay. Uh, this song is frequently cited as one of ACDC's best songs, uh, and like I mentioned earlier, I definitely top five, if not top three for me. I, I adore this song. It's a great song. It's on the island by itself. I, yeah, yeah, but it's, it's hard for me to compare that to anything. No, yeah, you can. You, it's hard to compare to anything else in their catalog. Agreed, but it's just it, because it's so different and it's so good. Oh god, so good. You have to be in a certain mood, though. No, I can listen to it anytime. Really? Oh god, it's a great song. Great song. Ultimate Classic Rock lists it as number nine on their top ten Bon Scott ACDC songs. Let's run down the list here. Okay, starting at number ten, Shot Down in Flames. You can pick any 10 You're songs. shaking your head. You're right. Yeah. Number nine, Right On. Number eight, Hell Ain't a Bad Place to Be. Good one. Uh, seven was The Jack. Strong. Six, Let There Be Rock. Can't Go Wrong. Five, TNT. Four, Whole Lot of Rosie. Classic. Three is uh, It's a Long Way to the Top if You Want to Rock and Roll. Number two was Dirty Deeds Done Dirt Cheap. Can you guess what the number one Bon Scott ACDC song was? They'll pick Highway to Hell. Yes, Highway yeah. to Hell. Um, but they don't. Rolling Stone magazine had it listed number five as uh, ACDC songs. Ten was Let There Be Rock. Shoot to Thrill came in at number nine. This was more of the the entire catalog, not just the Bond Scott years. Okay, okay. gotcha. Yeah. So Shoot to Thrill, nine. Hell's Bells, eight. It's a long way to the top. Came in at number seven. Highway to Hell came in at number six. Ride On comes in at number five on a Rolling Stone list. Whole lot of Rosie at four. You Shook Me All Night Long at number three. Thunderstruck, number two. And can you guess what number one is? Uh, Back in Black. There you go. Right on. And in an article by The Guardian from 2014, Right On is in a three-way tie for the best ACD song with If You Want Blood, You Got It and Kicked in the Teeth. That's why I haven't done an ACDC song. It's hard to pick one. You just can't pick one. No, we're going to have to do a, a quick pick 75 and just do every ACDC song. And why oh, they're, why we're they're great. March Madness. March Madness. Oh, we're gonna, oh. Do, we're gonna do a Bond Scott oh. section. Bond Scott on one side, Brian Johnson the other. When and you the, mentioned last, two when you mentioned last March, you had an idea for next year. I, it that popped in my head, and I dread it. Oh, I'm dreading it. it. Nah. I, okay. I already know what my number one Bond okay. Scott is. All right. There's just no. 
song. No, no if danger buts about it. Yeah, there's nothing that's going to ever top this song. God, it's so hard to pick just one though. It, it not for me. He's got so much personality in each song. Uh, They're all great. Yeah. They're all great. I can't. The only one, the only one I don't like of Bon Scott was off the high voltage Australian version uh, out that, that high voltage album. Right. Yeah, it's got the dog pissing on by the, on yep. the generator. Um, it's a. It's called. I think it's just called Love Song. Yeah. Oh, that, Gene. That's terrible. That that was. That's terrible. Yeah. And they they I saw interviews or um, articles talking about. You know, ACD was just talking about like the record label mm-hmm. kind of forced him in. Right. Yeah. They had doing to, that kind of twisted yarn. We need a we need a radio friendly love song kind of thing. So they threw that together. Yeah. That's it's yeah. terrible. That's the one Bond Scott song. Well, well, I, yeah. I, I did, but the rest of them, yeah. fine. You can pick any one of them. Yep. So then I started thinking about the Dirty Deeds album, and again, it's like you said, it's so hard to pick one. So then I started looking at the track listing, and it's like, all right, man, Dirty Deeds done dirt cheap, solid. Ah, come on. Love yep. at first feels got that swing to it. What can you say about Big Balls? That's a great song. Uh, Rockers, one of my favorites. Problem Child again, another favorite. I love that stupid guitar hook on that one. Uh, there's going to be some rocking. I remember this song. We went and saw Kenny Chesney for years. Mm-hmm. I've probably seen him ten times. Okay, and it seems like I don't know. If, I don't know if so much anymore, but. I know at least the first five, six times before he came out on stage, there's always that one song that they play and then the lights go Cue out. Cue it up. There's going to be some rocking was always the song. That's a good one. And then the lights would go out and he'd come on stage. Uh, Ain't No Fun, Waiting Around to Be a Millionaire, opens with that Bon Scott. True story, only the name's been changed to protect the guilty. Yeah. That's just a great song there. Ride On Again, Smooth, and in my opinion, probably would have been a better ending song. There's one more song after Ride On. Which oh, is, Squealer's great. Squealer's great. But Ride On should have been that ending song. And I love Squealer, and I, I love the original. That bass line in that song is ridiculous. And there's a cover version of it by a band called uh, Jenner Torturers. Came out in that whole industrial, you know, ministry was okay. big, Nine Inch Nail stuff. And there's a version they do, and it's a, a female lead singer. But it's got it's just got that buzz saw feel to it, and it's just a great, solid version of it. And when I saw that song and I kind of was listening to it, I was like, oh, shit. And so I had to go look it up and remember who it was. And so I had to go find it and listen to it. And it's just, oh, so so good. Yeah, that Angus lead outro. Yeah. I mean, it's one of the best Angus moments. Yeah. Is that, um, what's Bond's last line? Uh, And Squealer. It's just the way he sings it. And then it just goes right into Angus's... uh, Solo, yeah, fade, fade out. Right, it's a great ending. Yeah. I, I, I would not want Ride On to be the last one. Okay, right. I think that's. I think Ride On's a great moment in time. Okay, but Squealer's a great Squ- ending. Okay, right. yeah. And this song, you know, I can't think of this song and not think about. In my twenties, I was with a buddy of mine, and we were big ACDC fans and listened to all the stuff. And uh, there was one night we were participating in some not so legal activities and uh i remember we were in his basement and there was probably 10 people over or whatever and everybody out in his, he, he was the type of dude who he everything was excess so he didn't buy a stereo he bought the biggest speakers you could buy and i remember sitting in his room listening to ride on and just being in the moment with it while everything else i mean nothing else mattered it was just me and him listening to the song 
and I'll never forget it during the solo of that song. Jason just goes, man, there's not one wasted note. <laughs> and I'll, I will never, every time I hear that song, I hear him say that to me. Just in that guitar solo, there is not one wasted guitar note in that song. I mean, everything's proper. And it just, that's, I always think about that, so... To me, it's always like this is the dark side of fame. This is dark. Side oh yeah, it of absolutely the, is. Yeah. Being a rock star. Yeah, and it's kind of a downer. It is. Yeah, it's you know I got to change my evil ways and get right before it's too late. It's yeah, the nature and, of the song. And he never did. Never, never got the chance. Yeah, and that's yeah. what's even sadder because there's yep. a lot of like, oh, Bond, how'd you not see you know the iceberg coming toward the ship? Sure. Yeah, no shit. Because you were even singing about it. Yeah, so. So in closing, I think I think I got the magic touch. I think I got the magic touch. Oh yeah, touch. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Yeah, that's good shit. Yep. Sorry, that's all right. Uh, in closing, I mentioned one of the best songs shows off a different side of the band. It's the Every Man Problems Getting Older. Got to change my ways and get right before it's too late. Strong contender for years uh, for my funeral playlist. I always felt like right on would be a good one to play yeah. at my funeral. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Um, and then lastly, I stumbled. Across, what kind of got this kind of going besides and my mantra is I stumbled across a Facebook story a couple weeks ago that caught my attention from it was ACDC web I think and so I'm just going to kind of read it it talks about a belt buckle that Bon Scott wore during the Highway to Hell tour from 1979 to 1980 says it's been a source of numerous tales and stories it's clearly visible in many photographs and videos of Bon taken on that tour the buckle has the name of the band Leonard Skinner engraved and on one hand it's said to have been a gift to Bon from his great friend Leon Wickelson, member of the band, and in fact, player. Mark Evans commented on a podcast that Bond planned to make a solo album with Leon and other Leonard Skinner members. Can you imagine that? That'd be fantastic. Holy smokes. Bond, Scott, and Skinner? Come on. Oh, yeah. God. Um, and on the other hand, it said that during the Highway to Hell tour in an interview, Bond was asked about why he used the buckle, to which he responded that it was a tribute to one of his heroes, Ronnie Van Zant members uh of the leonard skinnerd members of leonard skinnerd that which had died in a plane crash right. it said that during an interview bond was questioned about the enigmatic buckle and this is what he responded it's a tribute to one of my heroes ronnie van zant who died a as a martyr of rock and roll in a plane crash two years ago if that hadn't happened acdc would probably have opened them up on the highway to hell tour man hmm. that's a that's a dream matchup i i never even thought Imagined Skinner opening up for ACDC. Come on. Well, in Europe, we're talking. Uh, yeah, I don't care. Because they weren't big in America. No, but I don't care where, but still. Do you know who, now, when ACDC toured uh, the United right. States in 79, they right. opened. And when they came to Evansville, they opened for okay. a particular band. Okay. Do you know who that band is? 79? 79, the Highway to Hell Tour. They were the opening act. I don't know. For Molly Hatchet. Oh shit! Yeah, badass. My brother went to that. He told nice. me all. He even he even got pictures. Oh, he took pictures of Bon Scott on stage. Right. And he said, after ACDC finished, like the the crowd about half the crowd cleared out. Yeah, they weren't there to see yeah. Molly Hatchet. They were there to see ACDC. Went to go get ice cream. Yeah, exactly. Nice. Exactly. At the Coliseum. I think it was supposed to be a massacre, but it rained that night. Oh, so a re, uh, relocation. Well, you know how in the paper they used to have like those little squares in the entertainment section mm-hmm. of the bands, you know, promoting yeah. future shows. Um, my sister 
kept that cutout of that newspaper of that night. Really? Yeah, Molly Hatcher was special guest ACDC. That's cool. Massacre Music Theater. Yeah, it still got the original. I gave it to her though. It was when we were clearing out mom and dad's house. Right. That's that's pretty cool. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. ACDC's been in my family a long time. Oh yeah, roots run deep. Mm-hmm. They were near house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, if you're a fan of ACDC and you're not familiar with the Ride On, definitely give it a listen. If you are a fan of ACDC and you know Ride On, listen to it again. Uh, definitely yeah. worth it. Yeah, there's something special about the Bond Scott stuff. I mean, yes. you know, the Brian Johnson stuff is great. It just, it's been a long time. Kind of like the Stones. I mean, the Stones yeah. have not had a big hit in right. a long time, but. Their back catalog so awesome that they can just go the rest of their till oh, they yeah. drop dead. Yep, yep. Which exactly. they slowly are, unfortunately. Yeah, no kidding. That's what I got, man. Okay, well, I get into mine. It's October, Todd. October first. Um, time to go into Halloween mode. That's right. Um, I was trying to think last year. You know, I know I did the Halloween theme song for actual Halloween, and uh, I did Salem's Lot. Yeah, uh, when Danny was, uh, we talked. That's another Stephen King. Movie. Yeah, it's Danny's, awesome. Danny's, which Danny's I Logan. heard there is a remake coming on that Salem's Lot movie. Also, now, I wasn't so keen on the one with Rob Lowe that was uh, made for TNT, right? TV, but it'd be interesting to see if they stay stay true to the original because that's that's. I never read the book. Buddy mine read the book. He said it's the scariest dang thing he ever ever read. Really? Yeah. But anyway, uh, let's get uh, into this October. And you also did Doc and Dream Warriors. Dream Warriors, yes. Why? Because <laughs> why not? Ralphie is floating. You, Ralph, the, you did yeah. that. Don't fear the Reaper. That's it. Yeah. Uh, mashup. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't like me because it was on Spotify. I remember that now. Right. Yeah. But uh, yeah, let's continue that uh, for this October. Um, so, you know, all month I'm going to be celebrating. Yes. Up. Now, I was playing a TV theme song on my guitar. Uh, this fun. It's a fun one to keep in the repertoire. Try to, you know, keep your your very low, my low-level uh, guitar playing skills, sure. you know, as tight as possible. And I thought it would be a good one to start off the month with. I'm going with the Munsters uh, TV theme song. The TV show, The Munsters. Yeah, right. The theme song. Okay. The What... As soon as uh, Herman Munsters bust through the door when they're all leaving, you know it's yep. a guitar lick you hear. Okay. Um, and if you don't know the Munsters, if you don't know who the Munsters are, where have you been? It was a sh- TV show that was on CBS originally from 1964 to 1966. It's been a syndication oh, ever yeah. since. It's. I remember it, watching it over and over as a child. And I I still watch it today. I could sit down and watch Munsters right. anytime. Um, it's from the creators of another hit TV show, a little show called Leave It to Beaver. Nice. The creators of Leave It to Beaver created the Munsters, which is, you know, always a source of a joke of Mrs. Cleaver accusing Mr. Cleaver of being hard on the beaver. Right. Uh, Munsters also had the writers from Rocking Bullwinkle show who were looking to get out of the cartoon business and landed a sweet deal with Universal Studios, who were looking to cash in on the classic monster everlasting popularity. Uh, to make a to make a family friendly take on the monsters, so their timing couldn't have been any better to win them over. Uh, unlike their rivals, the Adam family, mm-hmm. Universal owned the rights to the monsters. Adam, Adam's family could not touch, you know, vampires or right. you know, all the classic monsters at all. They had to create their own characters, and that was 
that was the one that monsters had the plot of the tv show is you have this universal monster family they move into a well-to-do california suburban town and even though the father is the is a Frankenstein monster. The mother and the grandpa are, are both vampires, and the son is a werewolf. They see themselves as ordinary working-class people and no different from anyone else except for their normal-looking, rather attractive niece, who they take pity on for inheriting none of their ghoulish features. Very Beverly hillbilly thing. It has a Beverly Hillbillies theme. This yes. is the 60s, and they, sure. you know, they... They knew it, they just went with what worked, right? And it yeah. worked. Yeah. It was a it was an instant hit. the The first season had thirty nine episodes. Holy shit! Yeah, fairly consistent in the top ten in ratings, even beating out the Adams Family, who was on ABC at the time. Like I said, uh, so popular that they rode in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade that year. They sold toys and games based on their characters, and even had two Monster Studio albums that in that first year in nineteen sixty four. The first Monsters album was called The Monsters, a newest teenage singing group was uh, in parentheses, okay. which was kind of odd because none of them were in their, were, were teenagers, not even the Marilyn, the attractive niece. Right. She was uh, already 25, I think, by the time. And Butch Patrick was maybe 11. Um, and the second one was called At Home at the Monsters. Now, Monsters, a newest teenage singing group, the, the first album I mentioned, was recorded with a singing group out of California called the Go-Go's, not the all-girl New Wave 80s group, but this was a group that only had one other album out that didn't do very well, despite having a lot of backing from the recording company, RCA Victor. This Munsters album was basically cashing in on the surfer style of music that was big in 1964. One interesting note was the backing band for this vocal group was the famous Wrecking Crew, that played on the albums for bands like the Beach Boys, Simon and Garfunkel, Sunny and Cher, the Carpenters, John Diver, etc. Right. You know, this is you know. So you're talking. You had Glenn Campbell on guitar, right. you know, Rhinestone Cowboys and Southern Nights, and you had Leon Russell on keyboard, who was who was famous for he co-wrote for, Delta Lady with Joe Cocker, looking like Leon Russell. And there's nobody that looks like Leon <laughs> no, Russell. No, there's not. No, he's one of a kind, and you know he played with George Harrison and his. Uh, Bangladesh benefit concert. You know, Leon Russell, I didn't know this. He even plays uh, piano on Boris Pickett's famous. He did the mash, mash. He did the monster oh, no mash. Shit. That piano here, that's Leon Russell. And speaking of monster mash. Yeah. It's officially Halloween. You know how I judge Halloween season? It's official when I go around the corner at the grocery store and mm-hmm. I see Count Chocula and Boo Berry and all those Halloween themed cereals on the shelves. That's when I know it's Halloween season. And this year, Frankenberry. Frankenberry's another one. Special treat this year, 50 year anniversary. They've got something called the Monster Mash that's got all of them mixed together. Got a box upstairs. It's not that great. So, but the idea of it's wonderful. They threw all four of them in together. And there's a fifth. There's a mummy one that was that wasn't out very long at all. That's made a comeback to get it in this Monster Mash thing. But is this the wolf one? There was a wolf. There's one. a wolf one. There's a mummy. There's Count Chocula, Frankenberry. They uh, mix Count Chocula with Booberry? It's all in there, man. Ugh. Yeah, it's not Blueberries great. Blueberries and chocolate? It's, it's not great, dude. I'm not going to lie. What the? I bought, it for, I bought it for nostalgia. No, but, you got to eat those separate. I love Count Chocula. And see, I love I'm a Booberry guy. I'm a Booberry guy. I don't like Count Chocula. You don't like Count Chocula? Nope. Oh, that's my number one. Yeah, well. 
Frankenberry be a third. Franken, and yeah. Franken that Berry's wolf a, one was just awful. I don't even I remember. I don't remember the wolf or the the. Well, it didn't one. last long because it sucked. Oh yeah, right. It, it was. I don't know what flavor it was. It was nasty. <laughs> I, that's all. I, I was seven years old. None of it was nasty. <laughs> but anyway, there's a no. But blueberry's good. Blueberry's yeah. good. Blueberry's strong. Yeah, I, I, I don't blame me for making that yeah. number one. Yep. But that's cool. Yeah. So I thought that was neat that there's a monster mash celebrating 50 years of those. Those cherished Halloween themed cereals. Yeah, that's so, that's uh, our childhood right there. And I'm, I've I've I have spent years in the last I don't know probably ten years. I see booberry, I go nuts. I buy I buy a box every time, and then you know it's March, and I've still got two boxes of booberry that I haven't eaten because it's not. Good I'm for good you. for about three weeks, <laughs> and then I'm like, all right, it's enough. <laughs> it's not. Yeah, it's not to cater toward adults that need vegetables. You no, know, you need know, high fiber a diets. Rough on, a little rough on the system. Yeah, it is a little, it's a little, you know, the older body just can't yeah. take it. Just you, can't take it. It's bad on the immune system. That's right. All right, sorry, but you mentioned Monster Mash and it reminded me, it's like, oh yeah, I bought that cereal. There you go. All right, so the second album, uh, Monster Album, this one actually featured the actors um, um, that played in the TV show and the concept is Fred Gwynn, who plays Herman Munster, the father, uh, the Frankenstein monster in the TV show, he basically walks you through the album. He, he's walking, he's taking you through their house and visiting each member of their family. And each member takes time to sing a song for you before you know Herman sees you out at the end of the album. Now, to start, this album starts out is, uh, with a vocal version of my song this week that I didn't know ever existed. Okay. I it's you know, sort of like um um Andy Griffith show. You with know, the whistling. The whistling, all that. There is a vocal is version really? of that one out there. And with Andy singing vocals. No kidding. Yeah, and this one's the same thing, you know, when you are walking down the street and behind you there's no one in view. But you hear mysterious feet at night when then the monsters are following you. It sounds very uh very, uh, it's a bunch of kids singing. I, I know, but it, the, it's a kid's the, album. The way you sing it sounds very Oompa Loompa ish song like from Willy Wonka. Well, that guitar lick, you know, yeah. is very, yeah, yeah I, I can see Oompa Loompa because, yeah, it, it has a kind of beat to it. Gotcha. But, you know, I, I love that controversy of that album or that movie too. We talked about that. Yep. How it was all pre planned for Charlie to win. It's a conspiracy. It's a conspiracy. Anyway, well, what, was the, what was the guy in there? Giving him the heads up, um, uh, Slugworth. Slugworth, yes. Yeah, thank you, Charlie. You have the last go ticket. Run, run home. <laughs> uh, he went to the everlasting gobstopper. Let's see. So, yeah, there's a. It starts out with a vocal version, which I thought was interesting. Not that it was great, but you know, had all the uh, uh, macabre feel. You know, the lyrics were very macabre. Right. You know, there was a what was one line I thought was pretty interesting was a uh, yeah, if you're in their backyard and you know, let me see, I, I I put it down here. Where's it? Behind their house, you mustn't be afraid to see a a figure digging with a spade. Perhaps someone didn't quite make the grade with the monsters. With the monsters, hmm. yeah. I mean, very macabre. It fit and it fit it. Now here, I have to talk about the, um, the guitar theme creator, uh, Mr. Jack Marshall. Fun fact about Jack Marshall: he is the father of Frank Marshall, who is a producer, executive producer on movies we know and love, grew up with, like The Warriors. Uh, can you dig it? You know. Warriors. Uh, 
Yeah, exactly. Come out and play. That's it. You know, yeah. the Indiana Jones movie series, Poltergeist, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, M. Night Shyamalan Signs, and The Sixth Sense, and many, many, many others. Gary's son, yeah, I'm sorry, Jack's son, Frank, um, is also married to a lady that single-handedly destroyed the Star Wars franchise with that awful, in my opinion, awful, Last Jedi movie, Miss Kathleen Kennedy. Probably the most hated person in the Star Wars YouTube universe. Okay. We've talked about how this is the worst movie come right. out the last decade. Absolutely hate it. She had Luke Skywalker drinking blue milk out of an alien creature's teddy. The hero of Star Wars drinking blue milk out of a, you know, I can get into, I can spend an hour talking about how, <laughs> how de- demeaning they did, they did Luke in The Last Jedi. But back to Jack Marshall, creator of our song this week. Jack Marshall made his bones as one of the top producers for Capitol Records in the 50s and 60s, uh, being a great guitarist. He also, uh, he also had an ear for song arranging. Probably his most successful arrangement is one of Todd's favorite Peggy Lee classics, You Give Me Fever. Fever's a great song. Now, I'm thinking, then you have a version of that on like a mixed CD. I don't think I, it was a Peggy Lee version. Uh, yeah, at some point I did. I can't remember. I remember you playing it, it for me. That's a great song. I mean, though. it wasn't Madonna's version. No, it wasn't it was Madonna. somebody else. Yeah. It was good. Just, it's probably it's just better than Peggy Lee. It's so simple and so seductive. Yeah. Fever's good shit. The guy that wrote the Munsters theme, he arranged the, nice. all the all the you know the, the finger snaps. snapping and tempo. Okay, that was all Jack Marshall. Next song. Next, moving on. <laughs> We're moving on. Uh, Jack Marshall composed the theme and all the incidental music for the Munsters and the Munsters. Um, he also did all the music for what was basically their farewell TV movie, Munsters Go Home. He uh, even was nominated for a Grammy for his work on that movie. Sadly, Jack Marshall died in 73 at the age of 51. Uh, and all I got to say is, after after all that, the Munsters were and are still great. I can, like I said, stop and watch them anytime. Fred Gwynn, Al Lewis, and Yvonne DiCarlo have great chemistry. Looking at it, watching it as an adult, Yvonne DiCarlo, who is the mom, um, is the one that carries that series. She's a great mom, constantly playing referee amongst all the family members. Uh, the show has has a lot of social commentary too about having different looking neighbors bring you know coming right. in, bringing the property value down. Yeah, you know, it's always an issue that um, is relevant today. They had a pet dragon named Spot that lived in the dungeon. You had Eddie Munster and his badass lock chain frame bicycle. Mm-hmm. You had the Munster's coach, which was made out of three Model T cars with a radiator. Radiator looked like a tombstone, eighteen foot long. Monsters coach, Dragula baby. <clears throat> ah, no, no, Don't it's not. Uh, George Barris was the creator of that car. He also made the Adam West Batmobile. No shit. Yeah, you know, which is, ironically, Batman was the show that buried the monsters in the ratings. They were in the t- same time slot, same okay. night, uh, uh, forcing the monsters to cancel after seventy episodes. Can't go up against a Dark Knight <clears throat> and the Boy Wonder. Come on, where's the trigger? You wouldn't give it to an ordinary citizen. Um, <laughs> this is Jimmy is Christian Bale now. You call it Dracula. That is not Dracula. Well, it's I. I think of it only because that's the Rob Zombie video that it's predominant in. Let's get into the Dracula. Okay, hit me. Okay, George Barris also 
um, made a drag strip car completely framed in a gold coffin with four exhaust pipes on each side that were designed like organ pipes coming up the side there, brass pipes, beautiful ride. Yeah. Uh, featured in several of the episodes. Again, a tombstone, you know, the radiator looked like a tombstone. It was Grandpa's ride, and he was a drag strip uh, monster. And that is your Dragula. Uh, it threw a lot of people off in that Rob Zombie yeah. video because he's driving the coach, the monster's gotcha. coach. That's okay. not Dragula. All right. Dragula is framed like a coffin. It's a different one. It's a different one. I'm fucking around with my Dragula. And since we're on the Rob Zombie... Um, I've been waiting for it. I've got it written down, waiting if you're going to touch on it. I mean, what's your feelings about Rob Zombie doing a remake of The Monsters? I'm, I'm thinking it's coming out next spring or next Something summer. Something like that, yeah. 2022. What's your opinion? My opinion is, I believe that he is a super fan, such as you are expressing you are. Right. I think he appreciates the value of it. I don't believe... This will be a blood on the bucket of chicken type scenario. I believe he, I want to believe he's going to stay true to the spirit of the TV show. I don't know that he's going to make it into something horrific. I, that's my feelings. Do you know who's playing Lily and Herman? They have already been hired. It's, uh, it's Emilio Estevez as Herman. <laughs> right. And, uh, right. and Lily. And Shelly Duvall. Shelly Duvall. That's right. right. Yes. It is none other than who we talked about earlier. It's Sherry Moon Zombie and Jeff Daniel Phillips. Oh, beautiful. Well, so, okay. to me, I don't think it's going to be any different than any other Rob Zombie movie I think because the fi- yeah. it's the same actors. Well, it's the same actors, but I, I, the monsters are very different from the Halloween in the content of the story. But his Halloween's different from the original Well, Halloween. I know, but it's still along the same lines. It's still in the same genre. I'm going to be disappointed if they make the monsters a horror film. You think he'll do a family friendly movie? I hope so. I hope you to see think it on, he's really going to. I hope to see it on Disney Plus, ABC Family. I hope it's I hope it's good enough to do that. Okay, I have my doubts. I, I mean, the yeah, don't get me speaks, wrong; I have my doubts too. Yeah, but this is what I'm hoping for. I, I think he's just. I think he's got his own agenda, and he's just he's just putting this monsters label over it. It very well could be. I think that's what it's going to be. Okay. It's going to be like adult driven thing. And but what I'm interested more more than what the movie's about, what I'm very interested in is John Five going to redo the instrumental. Oh, yeah. He better. Oh my God, it'd be amazing. I think it's going to be fan, much better than yeah. the original. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. And hopefully he's, hopefully it's one of those remakes that stays true, but expands it a little bit. Oh yeah. You know, I don't want it to go crazy too far off the rails, but yeah, it'll be, it'll be amazing. Yeah. It's like an extended version. Yeah. yeah. That's just all, all and it's out, all rocked out. Yeah. Not so much. It's still got the surf vibe to it, but a whole lot more rock to it. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. That's my song this week. Starting out October with a bang. There we go. Monsters theme song. Yep. It will be on the Spotify. It is on the Spotify. So. Okay, cool. So I will. I'm put, glad I can, you know. Thank you. Thank you for, for accommodating you. me. <laughs> right. All right. Well, uh, you got anything to close with? Ooh. Uh, got, a, got a stone over there? What was that? Ooh. You look like you're in pain. I, I, was, I, I wasn't, you know, we had so much conversation. I'm, I'm guessing, uh, you know, what's better? Are you in the Adams Family Club or are you in the Munsters Club? I like both. 
I don't know that I like one more than the other. They both have their, their I, you know, they're not the same. They're not the same because the characters are so different, right? I mean, I watched a lot of both growing up. Yeah, same here. It's so hard to, uh, yeah. It's. I it seems know. like I've watched I can't more select. only because it seemed like Adam Sandler here around these parts. With Adam Sandler was on more than the monsters, right? But. You can watch Monsters all the time. And I'm going to say Leave yeah. it to Beaver. I watched a shit ton of Leave it to Beaver. <laughs> right. Right. Right, yeah. Eddie. You're, Eddie Haskell. You, you were an Eddie. You look like an Eddie Haskell fan. <laughs> Eddie Haskell. <laughs> Jackass. <laughs> <sighs> all right. So, yeah, if you feel so inclined, shoot us an email at everyplaylisttellsastory at gmail.com and let us know who rules, Adam's family or uh, And Monsters. what's your favorite ACDC song? And what's your if, favorite one, AC, yeah. What's your one and only? If you uh, island desert island ACD throw out the rest of them, you only got one song. God, uh, see, I can't. And as much as I love Right On, I can't say that it's my one. I could tell you my number one. You want to hear it? I really do. It's a long way top. You want to rock and roll? It's a good one. The bagpipes. Yeah, it's a good one. It's so it's 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 it unique. It I I went through puberty. It, right. It it kicked me into puberty. But see, I, you know, and just <laughs> when I heard that song, and I think that and I think okay, that's a great song. But then I. Then I mentioned it. Ain't no fun waiting around to be a millionaire. They're all great. God, so good. But if I had to pick one, that's the one. Ooh. It'll always be that this one. This Marsh Madness thing is going to be a problem. I'm telling you right now. You just got to go you with thought, how you, you feel. You that thought day. I was stressing out over Zeppelin stuff. This one's going to be tough. Yeah, and I got to remember to give you the brackets before. Yeah, you got to hit me up because we got to start some, you know. We got to start somewhere in the maybe thirty-two song range or something. Whittle it down to there. I know one that would be easy. I'll put you know love song up against you know highway to hell or something. But sure, yeah. So they, I, we'll get that one out of the way. Okay, we'll knock that one out. All right. And you're gonna be pissed when love song gets up to like final four. I'll be like, <laughs> you're just you're, now you're just messing with me. Now you're just you know you're drinking too much uh, Nyquil. There you go. All right, so in closing, subscribe, like, rate, leave a comment on your local listening platform if it allows. Like I said, songs will be on the Spotify playlist. There will be a link in the show notes, and uh, I don't know if you can support the Munsters, and I'm sure ACDC's got enough money, but, you know, feel so inclined, buy something, put a little money in their pocket. They're, they're all over YouTube. Just spend the month of October watching yeah, the Munsters. Exactly. You know, getting that Halloween buy. There you go. Uh, and then, you know what? If there's a, did we talk about favorite Stephen King movies? Did you mention that one? No, yeah. that's oh, that's, that's another one. That's, that's give us another that, Stephen. Give us. I should top that in. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I picked Silver Bullet. Yeah, you picked The Shining. I like The Shining, but man, I, I like the uh, the most recent version of it too. The two parter. Big fan of that. You got to pick one, Todd. I can't right now. It's too much. Let me think on it. Let me sleep on it. All right. Uh, don't forget to follow us on the socials, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, for info and random posts throughout the week. If we find anything worth posting, again, you can email us at everyplaylisttellsastory at gmail.com. And as always, love more than you hate. Yeah, what if it's some kind of monster? <laughs> love it. Thanks, y'all. Bye.